eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Baskin and Phelps. Kevin Stefanski, press conference coming up 1.30 from Berea. We will hear it right here on 92.3 The Fan. And, of course, all press conferences are brought to us by Nissan of North Olmsted and I-90 Nissan in Sheffield Village. You can shop online at bignissan.com. I'm Jeff Phelps. My buddy over there is Andy Baskin. James Bridges taking your phone calls and Dan Menigan flying our ship. Trade deadline coming up in Major League Baseball, 6 o'clock tonight. What happens? Our team has made two trades. Starting shortstop, now a Dodger, Ahmed Rosario. Uh, and more, apparently, right now. Here's my A uh, little bit of news. Braves acquiring our old buddy Brad Hand from the Rockies. Uh, that courtesy of uh, multiple sources now confirming Brad Hand heading to uh, um, or heading to the Braves. Yes. Multiple Brad, sources. Brad now. Hand threw more vertically than any pitcher I think I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, he did. No bend. I had to think about that. Let's go. Uh, let's go to the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. We're joined by Brett Boone. He's the host of the Brett Boone Podcast, an Odyssey original featuring the most notable names in the MLB and all around sports each and every week. Hello, Brett. Good to have you with us. Hey, Brett. Good to be here. How you guys doing? Uh, we are well. Tell me how this plays in a clubhouse. You're a half game out of first place. Yeah. Your starting pitching staff, 80% of what you expected it to be, out. And you trade the only guy who was left standing for a minor league prospect, a good one, but who's injured and won't be helping the major league team in a pennant race. How's yeah, that going? It's, it's kind of, you know, I think about these things at the break. Because I've been looking at Cleveland all year, and I've been looking at a division. And you're right, they're a half game out. They pitched better than the Twins. Now, a lot of that has been due to the young arms that have that have kind of come on the scene uh, this year in Cleveland. You know, McKenzie being a big <clears throat> being a big contributor a year ago. I think he's made two starts this year, and obviously the the ace and Bieber. 
he's out. Hopefully they get him back by the end of the season. So the young guys have, have filled in and done a, a great job. But to all of a sudden take a Saval with a with a two four eight, I believe, ERA and trade him away, a veteran guy that's got that's got uh got some experience. I don't know. I, I don't know how to I don't know how to really read into that. Are are they I, I know they're this this young kid they traded for Manzardo, I believe his name is. Yep. I, I know they're very he he's very highly thought of, and maybe they're thinking Saval right now is is at the height of his worth, and we think with these young guys, and if we can get a Bieber back, maybe a McKenzie back by the end of the season, we can still win this division, and we got this Manzardo guy that we've been after, I think, for a couple years now, so. That may be the thinking there, but to be honest with you, <laughs> not being in contact and not being on the inside of that Cleveland front office, it, it makes me scratch my head. It's, it'd be really interesting to go into that clubhouse and ask, ask those players uh, what they thought of that move. I don't, if you're the manager, what do you think? Now, I think Tito is pretty involved with the front office here, and I think that's one right. of the reasons we've had success. But I, I wonder if you're a manager and you're like, okay, I got one guy I know I can count on right now. And now right. we're going to trade him for a guy in the minors. Uh, how do I sell this to my yeah, team? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and you're right. It, a lot of this at the trading deadline, believe it or not, has to do with optics. And it has to do with the, the mentality that it creates for the players in that clubhouse. And I've been on a lot of great teams that, that have made deals at the deadline. I've been on a lot of teams that, that we didn't do anything. And kind of that day, you know, that trading deadline comes uh, – comes and goes and you're kind of looking at each other in clubhouse like I can't believe we didn't do anything or we did something but we went the other way you know what is that what message is that sending from the front office now putting things into perspective it's 2023 the trading deadline is different than it was years ago there was a waiver wire that you could kind of wink wink nod nod sneak guys through this is kind of a hard trading deadline. It's you cannot make a trade after this deadline until after the World Series. So different set of circumstances we're working with here. It's either you get something done today, or or this is what you're going with for the remainder of the season. Brett, what's it like to be a player sitting around on on deadline day, whether it's waiver day or regular day? That when you were playing, I mean, what did you? I think I was just looking through your career. I think just once you kind of moved in the middle of the season from the Twins. Uh, yeah, it, it's you know what the it, it's there's there's more put into it than than actually really goes on. You know, as players, we have a job to do. We're kind of you get to a point in your career, especially after you got some time in, where you're kind of like a robot. It's this is what we do. We play 162, and and today's a new day. And guess what? We got a baseball game. Um, when you get to a trading deadline, I've, I've been some I've been rumored sometimes to be in a trade. And majority of the time, I, I was never rumored. Uh, around the deadline to be a part that was moving. I guess if you're a player and your name's getting bantered about, it kind of, you're kind of looking over your shoulder. Is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? You get to a point where either make it happen or don't either way, but don't leave me in limbo for the rest of the players. It's really not that big of a deal. We got, we've got a job to do and it doesn't matter. Those things are out of our control as players. All we can do is control what we can control on the field. And, And that's our job. And that's what we're programmed to do. So, a lot made of it, really, when it comes down to it, really not that big of a deal for the players. Now, if you're expecting a big deal to, to boost your ball club, to make your team a better team because you're in the hunt going for that postseason and something doesn't get down, yeah, I'll be honest with you, it can be a letdown. It can be a letdown in that clubhouse. And then the other times, 
when they do make that big that big move, it, I'll tell you what, it's it's an adrenaline adrenaline rush in that clubhouse to hey, management's got our back. We're a team. We're all going forward together. So it can be a real positive or a negative thing. But as players, once it comes and goes, we've got to kind of turn the page, move on. Like we didn't have control of that. We got to do our job each and every day. Brett Boone joining us, Odyssey MLB Insider. I think it's kind of interesting, Brett. The Guardians have made two trades. They traded Ahmed Rosario to the Dodgers, and they had other guys that they wanted to see at shortstop, and Rosario's defense, not what I think anybody was looking for. But I liked his spark that he gave him on offense last year. But they bring in Noah Syndergaard because they need pitching, and you know he each guy could be a free agent at the end of the year. Who knows? But you would think that's a trade they made to help this team with a playoff push. And then the trade yesterday they clearly made with, with the future in mind. So I, I think that's kind of a tough balance. It's a, it's a mixed message, isn't it? And, yeah. and a Syndergaard thing, really? You planning on Syndergaard coming to town and saving saving the franchise? What has he got, a 70 ERA? I, I'm not a big Syndergaard guy. I I have nothing personal against him, but I don't see how he helps this Cleveland ball club. you got too many uh, healthy arms that, that are better. Uh, now, yesterday he came in, pitched a five and a third, gave up a run, uh, pitched a good game. But is that really the answer? That doesn't make sense to me. The Syndergaard throw-in, it's like, I, I, I don't know, that boggles the mind. But maybe, you know, they've got some so, – so they know something I don't in, in Cleveland up in that front office. But the Syndergaard thing to me doesn't make sense. And, and then moving Saval, it's like, what are we doing here? It, it, you're right. It, it's kind of a mixed message. And unless you're on the inside, what really the overall the, the overall plan is, and the long term plan is, makes me scratch my head a little bit. Brett, are you are you a little bit more locked into the Guardians right now? It's just like I'm listening to you, and I'm like, I wonder if he's doing that for our show. If he's, he's doing stuck it for talking his show. to us. Yeah, I, he's like, oh man, I got to talk to those buffoons in Cleveland this week. I better I better brush up a little bit on these guys because I'm feeling a little Guardians vibe from you. I'll tell you what, I'm good, aren't I? I can pull the wool over <laughs> over a lot of people's eyes. Oh, you and, are your brother's you know brother. Yes. Yeah. You, you, you know what you do? You just get all this information, you spin it into a nice little ball, and you and you leave it on the table, you hang up, and you say, wow, we've never heard it put like that before. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I, keep a, I keep a special eye on the Guardians. I've been kind of following them and that group of guys for the last couple of years. There's certain teams that I'm kind of keyed into, Cleveland a little bit, especially that Central, when, it, when it's such an open division. Obviously, I, I'm keyed into the Yankees a little bit with, that, with the family thing. Uh, always have an eye on my, my former team, the Seattle Mariners. So there's some teams here and there. San Diego, I live in the San Diego area. I've been watching, you know, this Padre team and, and probably the biggest disappointment in all of the game this year. Comparable was probably the Mets when you're talking about disappointment. So, yeah, there's a few teams that I, that I do keep a special eye on, and Cleveland's one of them. Well, we appreciate that. Your grandpa, Ray Boone, started his career here. And then after the, That's right. a, a, as so happens to our team too often, once your grandpa was <laughs> traded to Detroit, he went nuts in his career. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But uh, yeah, it all started there for, for Gramps. Yep, there it was. Cleveland Indian back in the day. There it Pretty was. Awesome. There it was. Is there a team in the American League that you think, Brett, okay, this is the team that I think could jump up and, and win this whole thing? American League, when I look at it, you know, the Baltimore thing, I think it's a great story. Uh, I don't see it long-term. I don't think they kind of pitch quite enough. Uh, Houston's always scary to me. You know, they're always scary. They can always put it together. They've got just a plethora of talent. That that pitching staff's really good. 
Toronto, uh, I've been following Toronto for a while. They could really hit. They can pitch, but can they pitch enough? No. Boston right now, I, it would be frivolous to me to say, the yeah, the Yankees on paper, if Rodon pitched like he pitched, He's supposed to pitch. Uh, Nestor Cortez is healthy. Garrett Cole's the anchor, and uh, and Severino's not pitching like Severino's pitching. The Yankees can always pitch. They got the best bullpen in in the game. But the only team, and I think this is yes, definitely. Atlanta's the class of baseball. Let's be let's get that out of the way. In my opinion, Atlanta, the Atlanta Braves up and down the lineup, defensively, bullpen, starting pitching, uh, it's the best team in baseball. But I'll tell you, the Texas Rangers, they, they've they had my eye all year. One of my favorite guys, Bruce Bochy, took, it, took over the helm this year. I've been watching them. Their offense, they're number one in everything. They're number one in everything. They pitch pretty good. Not that, you know, they're kind of middle of the pack when they pitch, but look what they just added. I mean, they just added a Scherzer. I know he's not having that big year. They're used to Scherzer having from a domination standpoint. But he's, he's savvy. And down the stretch, I'll take a Max Scherzer all day long. He also added uh, Montgomery from the St. Louis Cardinals, who was a Yankee product. You know, they traded him uh, either last year or the year before. He's having a real good year over there. He's got a sub-3-5 ERA. I think they bolstered that. They added Chapman earlier, uh, earlier way before the deadline. And just offensively, they're, they're the best team in baseball, offensively, the Texas Rangers. So I definitely think – Texas Rangers, if I were to pick, I'd say Texas Rangers. Look out for Houston. Look out for Tampa Bay. I think Baltimore's a good story. I just don't think it's there to go deep into that postseason. But time will tell. We'll see. Best team doesn't always win. I mean, look at the Dodgers a year ago. 111 wins. They're sitting on the sidelines getting getting beat by an 89-win uh, San Diego Padres team. So that's why we play the games. That's why the postseason now, it's so exciting. So many more teams are, are entertained that, that thought of getting into the postseason. They're in it for so much longer. But that postseason, it's much easier to get in than it used to be to the postseason. But once you get there, man, there's landmines all over the place, and anything can happen. I think in recent history it's shown that. But uh, I don't know. It's going gonna, it's gonna to shape up to be another exciting postseason. That's, that's what I think of the American League, though. Brett, you mentioned two teams. And last thought, the Astros and the Orioles. Well, it wasn't too long ago that the Astros, and I think it's fair to say, tanked. And they lost 100-plus three years in a row, no more than 56 wins. The Orioles lost 100-plus three out of four years. The one year they didn't was the COVID-shortened season. And they had no more than 54 wins. And now those teams use those three years and bad, you know, getting, getting high draft picks. And, and they're both primed now. Do you think that's something we could see more in baseball? Because it, it's a strategy, certainly in the NBA, maybe in the NFL. But, man, we've never seen it in baseball, but it sure worked for Houston and it sure worked for Baltimore. That's true. But I, 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 I would be careful for me lumping Baltimore in so soon with the Houston Astros, what they've done the last six, seven years. That's Great been point. seven years of the yeah. dominant American League team. Where Baltimore, we're just seeing this now. And it's pretty cool to see. I think the storylines of baseball this year are, are great. And the Baltimore's being right at the top uh, because they have been down for so long. It seems I, I can't remember the last time I had a conversation about Baltimore going into, going into August. They've been long out for years and years and years. But Cal. it's really cool to see this. this yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. you got to go back that far. Now it's really exciting to see this team. I just don't think at the end of the day, and I think they're good. they built up. They've, they've got that young core now. I think they're really good. I just don't have, think they have that pitching to go, to go that far this year. 
Time will tell. I think if you're going to emulate a formula in Major League Baseball, you look no farther than the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean, it's year in and year out with a mediocre budget, and they just turn it out year in and year out. The pitching they turn out is unbelievable. They pick a piece here, they pick a piece there, they trade a piece away. Look at the offense they put on. I know they've they've kind of fallen since that big opening. Still, they're right there in the hunt. They're in a wild card spot right now if the season ended. And and the way they just do it time and time again, they're the kind of the modern-day version of Moneyball the Oakland A's used to be. Now they do it year in and year out. I think I, I don't want to cheapen the fact that Kevin Cash is doing something pretty special. It's They create a culture there. I think when guys get traded or are moved to the Tampa Bay Rays, it's kind of like you walk into that clubhouse and, and, and it's a vibe like, hey, we all we do is win here. And we do it with different parts, different players, but we win. I think that's something that should be emulated in, in Major League Baseball. If it were easy, everybody do it. Something that is very special down there in Tampa Bay. I, I'm done trying to figure out what it is because year in and year out, they just turn it out. Haven't been able to win the big one yet, but year in and year out, Tampa Bay knows they're going to be in the postseason. So it's going to be a fun. It's going to be a fun race, guys. I'm looking forward to it. Brett, thanks for being with us, buddy. Thanks. Always appreciate your time. You got it, guys. Thanks. Brett Boone, host of the Brett Boone Podcast, an Odyssey original. Make sure to follow the Brett Boone Podcast on the Odyssey app or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I think we've made him like the Guardians. I think Multiple so. reports the Padres are acquiring left-handed pitcher Rich Hill and first baseman DH G-Man Choi from the Pirates, according to multiple sources. So our old buddy Rich Hill and G-Man Choi heading to San Diego. All right, stay tuned. Trade deadline coming up at 6. Things are happening like crazy. Kevin Stefanski speaking shortly in Berea. You will hear him right here on The Fan.